0: What's going on, ladies and gents? Welcome back to the Born or Made podcast. Today, I am fired up to introduce you to a very good friend of mine, Leah McSweeney. Leah is an entrepreneur. She launched one of the very first female urban streetwear brands, Married to the Mob. She's the founder of that company, the CEO of that company. She still runs that company. She also is a reality TV star. We'll get into that when we talk to Leah. We go into all sorts of different things from growing up in New York City to running a business today. Uh, She's incredible. Ladies and gents, Leah McSweeney. This podcast is brought to you by the one, the only, Athletic Greens. I love Athletic Greens, it is the bomb. Uh, I've been using this stuff for the last three plus years. It is the first thing I put into my body in the morning. It is a green superfood supplement. Athletic Greens is filled with tons of good stuff like 75 vitamins and minerals, prebiotics, probiotics. It's a green powder you add to water, uh, shake it up, drink it down, and it is totally delicious and incredibly good for you inside and out. Uh, Go to athleticgreens.com forward slash born. That's athleticgreens.com forward slash born for 20 free travel packs with your first order of Athletic Greens just for you. Thank you very, very much. What's going on, guys? Uh, Welcome back to the Born or Made podcast. Thank you for tuning in. I am fired up to introduce... My next guest, Leah McSweeney, old fucking friend of mine. Uh, we've known each other for a long time. Leah is a boss lady.
1: Uh, you can call me a boss bitch. I was
0: about to call her a boss bitch.
1: We're not PC here, okay? You can you can call me whatever you want. Boss bitch is great.
0: Boss bitch, a number one. Um, we go way back, and uh, she is an insane entrepreneur, Killing it in the game, all sorts of shit. Her story is incredible. She's born and raised in New York just like me. Um, so, this is gonna be a good one. This is gonna be a real good one. Leah. What the word Hi.
1: Is? Wait, are we gonna talk about how we first met? Oh, boy. Okay.
0: <laughs> um, and if you ever wanna, like, look at a camera, cause you can, you just okay, look up there. Okay, okay. But, I mean, yeah. Bug it.
1: No, I actually don't even remember exactly how we first met.
0: Yeah, I don't But know you, how you were, like, bartending. Shit, my mic just happened, but it might be all right. Um, fine.
1: You were bartending. I was drinking a lot. So...
0: Is that how we met?
1: Something like that. Frank. Sounds about right. Punching whatever on the... Sounds about back right. Back in the Lower East Side when, like, nothing was there. Yeah. Right? On um, Clinton Street.
0: <laughs> those days... Yeah, so you are, like, one of the few people left that know...
1: The Mikey churnout. <laughs> what? No, there's so many people that... I mean, I might be I
0: might be oblivious to it, but the truth is, is that like, you know, I I, there's very few people that can really recall or like say, like, I'll walk down the street with my wife and I'll see somebody that I know from the old days. Is that like? Does
1: that make your heart? Does that make you feel a little uncomfortable or not really? She knows. She she, knows completely. Yeah, I'm an
0: animal in general, and she also she knows that. But she also she knows my history. You know, like, I was a fucking street fighter. Yeah, totally. And so she knows that. And I'm not like that, of course, these days. But, uh, (laughs) you know, I I, I don't regret it. Um, No,
1: what's the point of regrets, right? I was, like, thinking that the other day in terms of the show. Because I'm like, God, is there anything I regret this season? And I was like, "Uh," because of the whole drinking thing, you know? Like, I was like, damn, that's crazy that, like, I hadn't drank. And then, like, I did start drinking, like, right before I got casted for this show. And basically, uh, there's a lot of drinking, Mm -hmm. you know? So On the show. Yeah, yeah, and off the show. I mean, I was back. Hey, I fucking was, like, doing my research. (laughs) I'm going to go, I'm going to, like, dive head in. You know what I mean? I'm not here to have a glass of wine. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I hadn't had a drink in nine years. It was, like, time to turn up, you know? Um, And I have no regrets. Because you know what? The last nine months that I was drinking, I had fun. I was definitely not having fun when I was hungover. Mm-hmm. But, and it's all good. And now it's the wrap. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. But what's the point of having regrets? Because it's You
0: like, needed to go through what you went through. That's also, the way I sort of look at it. I say, there's nothing in my life that I didn't have to go through. Actually, true. like I believe that everything we go through... Yeah. I don't, I, you know, I, I'm not like this like divine plan dude where I think everything is planned out. And, uh, but I do believe that like everything we go through was meant for us to go through yeah. because it's gotten us to where we're at. And if that means that you end up in jail, well, you had to do that shit yeah. because I know jail. I mean, you know, we know a lot of people. We grew up in the city. Like, jail has saved a lot of my friends' lives. A
1: hundred percent. You know. A hundred percent. Yeah. It it ha- it does. I mean, it can. It depends what you do with it, right? I mean, I know people who have gotten their, you know, GEDs or you know, whatever, studied sober. In jail. Got, Got went it, to sober, federal prison right.
0: for seven years, came out like,
1: and are killing it. A mensch. Right. You know, and go in <laughs> yeah.
0: like a fucking animal.
1: And I may so, convert to Judaism. Really? Speaking of mentions, yeah. will you? But anyway, I, yeah, I'm Are you s- getting married? No.
0: You're just thinking about it.
1: No, hell no. I'm probably never getting married. So, but I think I am a Jew.
0: Can you do me a salad? Can Why? you just tell me who you are? Just I right, know. Right. I know because like, we haven't even. I just. Right? I would like you to just introduce okay. yourself and just my say, ear is
1: like, like, popping. So like, if I I'm keep sure like, be doing right. some weird like sounds, it's me like trying to unpop my ear. Um, my name is Leah McSweeney. I'm 37 years old, and I have a clothing line called Married to the Mob. It's 15 years young, and I'm also the newest housewife of Real Housewives of New York City. Wow. Wow. But first and foremost, yes, I have my clothing line. I also have a podcast that everybody should subscribe to called Improper Etiquette. That I co-host with Laura Isles from Hot 97.
0: Improper etiquette.
1: Yes. And I have a daughter who's 12 and a half. And that's me in a nutshell.
0: I love that about you. Yeah. Um, so you grew up in New York.
1: I did. Well, we moved to Connecticut when I was 14. But, and then I moved back. And you then. You 18? When I was 18. Even, or maybe I was 17, actually. But, or no, I was 18. But, you know, within that four years of living in Connecticut, it was like me like running away from home and like coming back to the city and all that so Mm -hmm. but yeah
0: that's when we met when you were running away from home
1: (laughs) no actually i fucking like left my family vacation (laughs) (laughs) and my sister still talks about it she's like we didn't get to go to disney world because of you
0: rough times um so tell me about, like, so the, here, the idea of the show, it's called Born or Made, and the premise is, I, I think a really fun conversation, because mm-hmm. I think it's interesting, uh, you know, do you believe that you were born with this inherent ability to go out there and crush the mm-hmm. way you do, or do you think it was something that you just learned and you were made over time?
1: God, it's, like, so weird, because, like, I have imposter syndrome. Like, I don't feel like, I get very uncomfortable when I have like events for like my brand and stuff and people are like, oh my God, this is great. You're doing doing so great. I don't know. I just feel like inside still, I'm like, I'm like, I'm not doing that great. You know what I mean? I'm like, it's not like, I'm not crushing it. Like, what are you talking about? Even though, yes, when I think about it and what I have accomplished, especially considering like my delinquency as a teenager and everything and whatever all that I'm like wow I have really made a great life for myself and I should be really proud of myself when I think about it but there's still this other voice that's saying like you're not crushing it like you're not like all that like you don't have it all together because of course not I don't have it all together and I'm
0: ten- who, the, who the fuck does? Who
1: the fuck does, exactly. I mean, the people who are saying they do are, like, totally full of shit. Right, and if
0: anybody, honestly, like, I believe that that, because by the way, I believe that voice is healthy. If I, if it's humility, I, it, probably, it's right? Humility. It's humility. That is the like, def- definition of yeah. humility, right? You probably,
1: like, are a sociopath if you don't have that voice.
0: That's Yeah, like, I, think, I think that, I think all of us have it. I think if you're incredibly insecure, you somehow... And I'm not saying we don't have... I have insecurities out the wazoo. I'm sure we all do, and I know we all do. Yeah. But I think people that walk around thinking that their shit doesn't stink, and yeah. they're, like, pathological, typically.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and I think those voices are healthy, you know? When I walk into one of my restaurants, I don't, like...
1: You're not like Stand this is my th- castle. Like, <laughs> like, you know, like kiss I'm the, the king, ring. Right? You know what I'm
0: saying? I'm like sleeves up, bus boy. You know, right. I don't look like a typical restaurateur. Mm. If I'm bussing tables in my restaurant and people don't know who I am, they straight think I'm a bus boy, and I'm stoked about that. I'm like, great, this is awesome. Like mm. I want I want that to be the case. Right. I, I, and so I, you know, I, I think I love that
1: you think that voice is healthy. That's so that makes me so happy because I was always thinking, God, that voice, what's wrong with me for having that voice? But now that now I have a different perspective on it because you said that it's healthy and like I you're believe right. It's healthy. Yeah, I believe, I I right believe too.
0: That, that that voice there is <laughs> is somewhat grounding and honestly, like some you can you can have a different perspective about that voice and allow that voice to drag you to the ground and fucking right. beat you down. Yeah. Or you can have the adverse opinion and, and be like that voice is a motivator for me. Mm. Like when I wake up at five o'clock in the morning to go to the gym, that voice is telling me to go back to bed. You loser!
1: I listen to that voice every day, every
0: morning. <laughs> but I, I've, I've somehow, some way, been able to convert that voice into positive. Um, Do you really behavior. wake up
1: every day at five a.m. to the gym?
0: Yeah, I wake up. I wake up. So it wasn't always like that. But I have a wife, and I have kids, right? And fitness. You know, I'm sober, so for me, there's very few things that give me this opportunity to like
1: totally just get get, that. get I know, it. You I know. know?
0: And like there's also because of my businesses and because of the family, I have very little time, time to be right? alone. Of course, yeah. And so what was happening was because it's so important to me, I was actually sacrificing time with my family or like stressing out because I knew I needed to get it in, and so like in between meetings I'd be like stressed out. And I said, you know what? I've got to change this whole thing. I've got to change it all because it's something that I, it means so much to me, but it only means so much to me. It doesn't mean so much to my kids. doesn't mean so much to my wife. Mm. doesn't mean so much to my business. Right. But I do know also, and this also came full circle for me, it's the, num- it's the most important thing in my life, more important than my kids. More because it than keeps my wife. you. Because it makes me a better so, person. Exactly. And so I take care of that shit, but I take care of it first. I don't. I don't. I don't make anybody else suffer. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think so I, I just need to do start it.
1: doing. I need. I need to start working. Game changing, like
0: game changing. I just.
1: I'm such not a morning person.
0: It's, you know what? I don't think anybody loves to wake up at five a.m.
1: I mean, I don't have to wake up that early, luckily, because like I don't have like two kids. I have one who's like basically like kind of turning thirty, but not really. So I can like do like eight a.m. I sleep late, I like to sleep a lot. Yeah, I mean,
0: you know what, look, I look at it like this. By 7.30 in the morning, I've done my two favorite things to do throughout the day. Which are? Go to the gym and have breakfast with my kids and my wife.
1: it. that's sweet. And then
0: then straight up, the rest of the day, even though work is tough and always a challenge, and it's just like a cakewalk.
1: Totally. You know, because
0: I'm just like, I know that the two things that keep me going, the two most important things in my life, self-care and the people I surround myself with, actually, the two most important things, like everything else I can give a shit about.
1: Do you go to meetings still?
0: Um, I go to one. Mm. I go to one on like Wednesday one nights. one Yeah, one meeting a week. Um, but, yeah, that, like, I, I think that, that early morning thing has been, like, the... It's just been such a game changer because I get it out of the way and yeah. I never think about it and I do it. And then it's like it. you don't have to because I
1: do find myself being like, oh shit, I have this and then I have that and then what about later? I can't leave Kira at home by herself at 7 p.m. to go work out. That's fucked up to her. She's been like, I've been, I've had nothing to do in the morning. I'm the one that's waking up at 10 a.m. I could have worked out. So like, so I need to it. just do that. Just try I'm it. doing it. Just I'm doing it. it. That's it. I'm done. Like tomorrow. It's, done. Try it.
0: Okay. So. Um, Tell me about
1: your that. childhood. Okay. Um, it was. Um, well, I'm the oldest of three. I have a sister and a brother, and I grew up on Twenty Fourth Street and Eighth Avenue in you know the '80s, and it was like a, just a great, diverse neighborhood with drag queens, and I mean it was like totally crazy, literally like drag queens everywhere club kids. It was, you know, in the middle of like every, like the tunnel, limelight, you know. And, and a pretty
0: rough neighborhood too. Yeah, it definitely
1: was. It was. But also like everywhere was kind yeah. of mm-hmm. like even like the Upper East Side, like mm-hmm. which is where I went to school was like, mm, like if you went one block one way, it was like, whoa, like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know. Um
0: kids were getting robbed then. They're not oh, sending, hell yeah. I don't think they're getting robbed anymore.
1: They were. Totally I mean, they might it.
0: be, but I don't it's not nearly as bad.
1: They were. Def, they were definitely getting robbed and beat up.
0: Kids were getting robbed. For sure. All the time. All the time.
1: Um I personally loved that feeling of a little danger even as a kid as like I really didn't mind it. Like 10, 11, 12, I remember being like this is kind of fun. It's like, whoa, like I don't know. Mm-hmm which is why I love Paris, because Paris still has an element of like...
0: You might might get robbed on a back alley. Exactly,
1: but New York, it just doesn't have that anymore, Um, which is obviously a great thing for our children, (laughs) Um, but not like real estate prices are like crazy and rent is nuts. But you know, I mean, I, I, I had a lot of different interests. I was into sports, I was like into acting. Um, I went to a school that, you know, we were like very like middle class, working class family. And I went to a school with very, very wealthy girls. And I did always feel like I cannot, I'm never going to be able to meet them where they are in terms of like the clothes they're wearing and the size of their apartments and getting chauffeured to school and all that.
0: So you had a chip earlier. I had a
1: it wasn't like a chip, it was more like a anarchy kind of like anti fuck the system system feeling. And you know, I was expelled from this school in eighth grade, which that gave me a chip. That gave me a chip on my shoulder. No. I really did not do anything to deserve being expelled. The whole, my whole class was, like, very, like, just a bunch of shitheads. Like, we were just crazy. No one really was listening to teachers. Like, we were like, fuck you. They made us take our class picture, like, twice because, um... Right
0: there. Is it here? here? No, it's, like, under your shirt. Do you think
1: they can hear me? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He takes it. Sorry. Um, (laughs) I forgot. Um, But the thing is, I was the girl who was there with financial aid not a famous last name. My parents not having, not Where did donating. You go? What?
0: What school is this? Sacred Heart. Okay.
1: Common Sacred Heart. Um, and they asked me not to come back to school after Christmas break. And my mom was like, she has to come back to school. Mid-year? They, Mid-year they, they tried to do it. But my mom was like, she can't, I cannot have this kid at home all year. And like, we're not going to put her in the public school in the neighborhood because it's like way too fucking rough. Um,
0: yeah, because you would have ended up at like... I was 70 or something.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So, or like what is now humanities, I think. Yeah, it was yeah. something else before. But so they were like, fine, she can stay here till June. Like, that's it, she can't come back. So my mom blames this on me, but we moved to Connecticut at age because 14. Of she says it's because of that. I don't fucking believe it. <laughs> I think she's just blaming me. Whatever, it's fine. Now, moving to Connecticut was, again, you know, I was feeling so, like, happy. I was feeling so confident and, like, really, like, feeling myself, like, as this 13-year-old in New York with all my friends. Like, finally, like, not feeling, like, weird, awkward puberty phase. Like, titties were looking good and i was like just i don't know i just felt good finally Mm -hmm. after like a couple years of awkwardness like i was like i feel pretty i feel like i have my friends you know like because it gets weird with the girls and everything like i had my group and like we were going out till fucking 4 a.m whatever and then all of a sudden it's like we're moving to bumble fuck was it like deep connecticut yeah
0: because there are parts of connecticut that are Rough.
1: Well, this wasn't rough. It was this more like. This was like, like nice it was, suburban. It was pretty nice, but like not, it wasn't like Greenwich nice, but it, and it's not like, you know, a shithole. But like, right. it was. It was like suburban. But it was, yeah. You lived in a was, house. Yeah. You're coming
0: from 24th and 8th. Exactly. Like going to like sneaking into the limelight.
1: It was a, exactly, it was a, such a culture shock for me. And no one prepared me, no one cared. Like, my parents, I was like, I'm depressed. This sucks. They're like, yeah, you'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Like, no one, like, forget it. Like, they didn't give a shit. Did you have
0: a good relationship with your mom and dad?
1: Not really. Like, they were, and now I do, but in hindsight, like, they were just so busy. Like, they were so busy with us, three of us. You know, there three of us. My mom worked full-time. My dad worked full-time. It was just, like, no. Like, we just didn't have that.
0: You guys never sat down for dinner at night?
1: We did, but I think, like...
0: You never, like, you, you guys would sit around the table?
1: Not every night. No, no, no. A lot of times I never, only... I can't
0: remember one time, straight up.
1: Well, um, honestly, I can't really remember that many, but I don't want to say that because my mom's going to kill me, but she's not going to ever hear this, so it doesn't matter. But, like, I actually really don't. Like, it was, like, either my mom or my dad was there, yeah, mm-hmm. but not both of them at the same time. And, like, my dad, me and him, he just wasn't open. Like, now he is. He's great. And, like, we're so close, but... It just wasn't like that. It wasn't like that. With me and my daughter, what we have, like, it's not... Like, I talk... She can talk to me about anything and everything. I talk to her about anything and everything. My parents didn't talk to me about sex. They didn't talk to me about getting my period. They didn't talk to me about drugs or alcohol. They didn't talk to me about any of that. None. Hmm. And they weren't like, Leah, addictions in the family. Like, like I tell my daughter that. Like, oh, you want to have a drink? Well, just know that you might end up becoming a blackout drunk. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So... Um, moving to Connecticut was very difficult. I totally just ended up, you know, in a lot of trouble. But fast forward, you know, my parents threw me out of the house at age 17. And, like, so I know. So you were just
0: getting into trouble, I was just hanging out with totally, the wrong people. Yeah,
1: it was bad. It was, like, I can't even, like, not even going to get into it. But it was, like, really, like, the opposite of, like, what you want your kids to do and, like, how mm. what you want their, like, adolescence to be like. That was mine. It's like the opposite. Um, Not even, no, my parents. Do you think, do
0: you think, do you, so that, so were you, like, were you, was there any moment throughout that time from like, like were you ever thinking about like hustle and like trying to come up and doing like things like that at that age?
1: I think that I always was like, I am meant to do something really good. I'm gonna be happy one day and I'm gonna like make a life for myself. It's gonna be great. I don't know what it's gonna be, but fast forward to being like 17 or like, sorry, like 18. And back in the city, I had asked a friend. I actually, I got a credit card somehow. And I bought two things with it. A J'adore Dior (laughs) shirt, which was like the poppin', most poppin' shit you could have bought back then. And classes at FIT, like a non-matriculated classes. Hey. So... That's cool. Right. Except I only went to FIT for, like, a month. And I was like, this is so boring. I don't want these people telling me what to take photos of and what to, like... If I'm going to do photography, I want to take my own pictures. So (laughs) I asked a friend, can I intern for your magazine? He owned Mass Appeal. I was like, I want to intern with the fashion director. So that's how I started, like, doing styling work. And then from her, I went to another... I started working with stylists. And... Then I realized that being a stylist is like the most like demoralizing job ever because is it? you have to be like to be the to be an assistant stylist is like the worst thing. I was like, I can't be like someone's like servant like this is not for me like I want servants, not the other way around you know I was like, this is crazy and the stylists were just fucking nuts. so I was like, there's no way I want to do this
0: <laughs> and you and but how long did you did you did you Give it a go with this assistant styling. thing.
1: Like, with also little, like, retail jobs I was doing, uh-huh. too, you know? Like, I think I was working at the guest store for a while. I was working at the guest store for a while. I worked at DDC Lab. Like, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, a few years. Like, four years or something. I don't know. Because I started the brand when I was 22.
0: So crazy. That's
1: actually really young. That's, that is crazy. That's super young. Yeah, I was young. 22. Right, that makes sense because now I'm
0: 36. Yep, yeah, that's I impressive. Was so I mean,
1: it was actually so only you, a couple So how did you? So tell me
0: how you got to the brand. Like, what was the? I, I mean, I also think Married to the Mob is fucking hilarious, and I, I remember when you came out with that, and I was just like, this chick is nuts. <laughs> I was like, totally, she was nuts. but and then and then like all of a sudden it was just like I was like, whoa, Leah's it, out like, there blew getting the fuck it. Up.
1: It yeah. really did. I, I got. I really feel like I put so much work in, but I also got lucky because that's like kind of part of success. It's not just all working hard. Because but like by a the lot way, I just want to stop you.
0: Like, you were so ahead of the time, and I don't think that you were even thinking like for women by women yeah. vibe. Maybe you were?
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I know. It was, like, pre, like, I know feminism is, like, so trendy now, like, even though, like, I don't really relate to, like, the type of feminism that's, like, mainstream, but I was always on some, like, like, I can do whatever the guys do. Like, I don't want to be held to, like, different, like, double standards. Like, I can do whatever the fuck, and I don't want to be judged, you Mm -hmm. know? But still pay for my meal and open the door. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you know, I was hanging out. First of all, I was, you know, with Kiki's dad, my daughter's father, Rob, who, owned who owns A Life. And then we lived across the street from Russ, who owns Sir. We were hanging out with Aaron, who owns a New York thing. So I was, like, my friend group was just all these guys that had clothing brands. right? And I was, like, I'm wearing their shit, cutting it up, doing this and that. Really, the real motivator behind doing my brand was that I was watching all these guys get to travel for free. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I want to travel so badly. I had gone to Europe once. I went to Paris. I went to Copenhagen. And I went to Lund, Sweden. And it was like such a fucking amazing experience.
0: Pre-married to the mob.
1: Pre-married to the mob. Can you tell us
0: about married to the mob? Can you just tell us what it is?
1: Yeah, sure. It's a clothing line, whatever. It's streetwear, I guess. Uh, Whatever. That's what people call it. Um... It's the female streetwear brand.
0: Mm-hmm. And, 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 I've, and I
1: mean, we've—I don't even.
0: Like, how did you what, like the name? You how know, what like the name? whole thing? What, like where did it where did it come? I mean, you're saying what was motivating you? So I'll let you. Okay, take let that. me. Fin- yeah, because yeah. it does
1: kind of get into. So these, you know, all these guy friends of mine had their brands, and I was like, I want to do my own brand. And look, and I was definitely—it was coming from my married to the mob was going to be, I knew that it was going to obviously encapsulate my personality and my perspective on things, and my perspective on things was that I did feel like I was in a boys world a lot of the time, because downtown New York, which I loved, and I loved the whole vibe and the community and the culture, but it was very, like, the boys ran it. It was, like, a very masculine kind of thing, which maybe is part of why I liked it. I don't know, Mm -hmm. but... I was like, this is going to be my perspective on this community and culture. And my first four T-shirts were, Boys Ain't Shit But Hoes and Tricks, (laughs) Fresh Out of Rehab, (laughs) and Supreme Bitch, and then a Married to the Mob logo. But like, you know, when I decided to do the brand, it was like that, I was like, all right, I've got to do this. And I had a partner at the time. And we were like, what are we going to call it? And the reason why we called it Married to the Mob was because... Well, there's a few reasons, but the one that I really... And this is, like, going back now a long time, but we would joke around and say we, we were, like, mob wives because, like, we didn't really work that much, and we were just always hanging out and, like, drink day drinking and, you know, shopping. <laughs> Honestly.
0: The good life, y'all.
1: It was a really good life. Yeah. Honestly, The like the early 2000s, when I think back to the early mob years... It was like so much fun. I mm-hmm. mean, it was so much fun. I had no responsibilities, like none. I mean, my biggest responsibility was like to wake up and like check my mob email, which would, which was always just positive things. Like we want to sell your stuff. Can we write about you in this magazine? I mean, I really felt like I fucking hit the jackpot, you know, which mm-hmm. I did in a way. People just were automatically intrigued. They were so intrigued, you know, streetwear wasn't mainstream yet. It wasn't, but, it was so underground and so cool and like it was only like these like little pockets of people around the whole world though mm-hmm. you know everywhere that knew about this bubbling scene in New York City right
0: i honestly and- think straight up i honestly think that rob literally pioneered that whole like, Supreme was before A-Life, yeah. but Supreme is not Supreme without A-Life. I believe that.
1: Rob's going to love that, but it's true. I believe that. Absolutely. And also, think about it. A-Life came, came up with A-Life Rivington Club before any of those other sneaker stores, and Nike was sending their people in to go see what the fuck was going I on. I remember. So, there would be no tier one, tier two. You know, Nike has these tiers of where they sell their different kinds of sneakers to mm-hmm. and A-Life started that whole sneaker craze. Like, let's
0: unpack that for a minute. So, yeah. A-Life, so A-Life, it was a, a like one of the first real sort of like cool kid downtown New York City streetwear brands, if yeah. not the first outside of <coughs> Supreme. But, but Supreme the truth so skate- is, it was a skateboard skate- company. Skateboard, right. It was a skateboard company and there was a couple of people in the Supreme world that we're all friends with some of them not here anymore, mm. that really made, they were crazy dudes
1: yeah. in New York oh City, God. right? Yeah.
0: And that's what made the brand the brand. That's the remember
1: truth. Remember Max Fish?
0: <laughs> I mean, do I? I
1: mean, was crazy. Do I remember? I mean, I,
0: actually, I don't. That was crazy. I systematically was 86 from every single bar south of Houston, north of Delancey, <laughs> east of Allen, and west of Essex. Honestly, there was a block. There was a block of, of there was a four-block City block, no joke, not this guy today, but was this guy. From East, I mean, I, and I remember it started with Max Fish and I got 86 from Max Fish, it's really hard. I've been, I was 86 like three or four times and then I was like, Shane, bro, I know, you gotta let me. And then finally he was like, dude, I'm sorry. And then I remember that was at the end of my, my years out there. But I remember saying to myself, all right, well, I'm going to make a stink in every bar in this whole neighborhood. And that's how crazy I was at that Mm. time. And I literally got 86 from every single bar systematically walking down the street. And I was like, fuck it, I'm doing this. Anyway. Thank
1: God you turned that ship around.
0: Nobody thought I would. But there was like that crew literally made that brand, right? Yeah. However, A-Life was a different thing. A-Life was actually like...
1: It was more sophisticated, it was more art driven, it was different. It was much different. It had, you know, the owners behind it were the ones who were the creatives. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's you know, a little it was different. Also
0: like when, it was also like when hip hop was different though in New York, oh, right? Yeah, like hip hop in New York in the nineties, like 93, 94, 95, 96, like you wouldn't it wouldn't be surprised you wouldn't be surprised to see. Nas or Biggie Smalls in New York. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it was a little bit, it was different. And so, I think, like, that culture, the, the, it wasn't very exclusive. Right. And A-Life said, you know what? This is yeah. a thing we're going to make exclusive.
1: They made it very exclusive. They made it
0: very exclusive. And, and, um, and that spot on Rivington
1: mm-hmm.
0: was like, you know.
1: First it, of all, you had to buzz to get in. Once you got in, the employees were gonna treat you like shit. Um, and
0: was, really all you wanted to do was get into the backyard.
1: Right, Right. exactly, yeah. <laughs> like once you got in there,
0: yeah. what, you weren't like in.
1: You didn't wanna like buy a pair of sneakers, you wanted to go hang out and like smoke a blood, exactly. Um, yeah. It was just fun, it was just a really good time. It was a good time,
0: it was. Really it, good was. Time. it was. I mean, it was. There's so many things that I just don't remember, but it was, it was a good <laughs> I literally don't remember a lot of those a lot of those days, and I think, you what know, year did you like stop, stop remembering?
1: What year did you start remembering? Twenty three. Like, I
0: was twenty three.
1: No, but what like what year was like two
0: thousand two thousand four?
1: Okay, great. Right, that's when I started mob.
0: Yeah, two thousand four is when I like it was over.
1: You got your shit together though, uh, yeah. right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Two thousand
0: four. Yeah. Two thousand four was like the year for me where it was just. You know, like, everything came to a head. Mm. I died, came back to life, you know. Totally. Straight, actually.
1: Like, literally. Straight
0: up. Like, I, <laughs> like I was about to yourself. be a stat, you know. Yeah. And so, I think, but so many, you know, I. I, I, and, I and by the way, also, like, I feel blessed. I feel blessed that I got it out of my system. I also feel blessed that, like, I stopped, you know, I, there were kids that died, you know, in the years that I was a city kid, mm-hmm. but more kids died after I got sober, oh yeah,
1: yeah, you know,
0: more kids died, a lot more kids, a lot more friends of mine. I lost from those days in the last ten twelve years than before that, because we were all young, i guess but the drug- the drug thing in new york um, like is 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 kind of crazy, you know, and it went from like Partying hard to like heroin. Totally. <laughs> you know.
1: And then that's that's it.
0: And that's and, and a lot of our for there's old, nowhere like, you
1: go from there except you need to totally clean up or you're ODing and you're dying. That's it.
0: Man, yeah, I can't, I can't, I can I mean, at this point, it's sad to be able to count the amount of people that I know that have um, that have done that. But anyway, so you're at so so you're so you're like you're literally checking your email
1: checking my email, whatever. But it, you know, it just got very real. You know, like it turned, I was like, I don't know how I, I did instinctively know how to, okay, like this amount of shirts were ordered. I'm going to make this amount plus a little extra. I'm going to sell it. It's going to make me like, I'm you know doubling my money and then I'm going to put this amount of money into this. I did know how to do that. I don't know how, but you I You just did. figured it out. I figured it out. Um, I knew a lot of people. I knew people that owned stores. I used my relationships to get into those stores. I knew once I was at U- in Union, then like all the other stores around the world that are looking at Union as the trend-setting boutique are going to want my stuff, right? And it just built. like It just grew. I mean, there's... I mean, it's. I've had so many ups and downs with the brand, obviously. I had investors. I didn't have investors. I almost went bankrupt. That ended up not going bankrupt. I had to let everybody go one year before Christmas. It was hell. I've had so many highs and lows, like, you know, the window of Colette, like collaborations with Nike, MCM, Barbie, all that. Um, it's been really, I mean, if I didn't have it, I don't, like, I really like it. It's been my education, my, like, Life raft in so many ways. It's kept me focused and I've like grown up with mob, if that makes sense. What do you
0: think, like, if you had to point to one thing, and that's probably a tough question, but if you had to point to one thing, what do you think the glue has been for you? Not for the business, but like, what do you think the glue has been for you?
1: My daughter, of course.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh,
1: yeah. If it wasn't for her, I would have been like, I'm moving to Bali. Bye. I'm done with this shit. Because it's just like, there's been so many, I've been so stressed out at times with the brand. And I'm like, nope, gotta keep going. Got Kiki.
0: That's cool. Yeah. Let's pause right there for a second to get a quick word from our sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by 10,000. Now, I've tried nearly every workout short there is over the years and have always been frustrated that it's way too hard to find the perfect pair. That's until I discovered 10,000. 10,000 makes the highest quality, best fitting, and most comfortable training shorts I've worn, period. At the core of 10,000 there are three premium training shorts built for all the ways you train. One is built for versatility, one's built for durability, and one is built to be super lightweight and fade away while you train. They've got you covered no matter what you do, whether you're a crossfitter, you do HIT, you're a runner, you just lift, weekend hiking, whatever it is, they got you. Just pick the short that's best for you and how you train, and then you get the opportunity to personalize it for your individual needs with custom liners and inseam options. My favorite short is definitely the session short. I use a 5-inch inseam with a built-in liner, and it's become my go-to for pretty much every session I do in the gym or out of the gym. Uh, The Session is super lightweight, has an insanely comfortable liner, and includes a permanent anti-odor treatment, which is awesome. Every order gets free shipping, free exchanges, and free returns. Head over to www.10,000.cc, that's 10,000.cc, use promo code BORN20 at checkout for 20% off your first purchase. After you put this gear through some workouts, I think you'll agree that these are definitely the best training shorts and the only training shorts you'll ever need. 15 years, I mean, that's a long, that's a yeah, that's run. That's a run. <clears> that's, <throat> a, really, that's a long run for it's, anything it's in crazy. life. It's
1: crazy, I know. You
0: know? But 15 years with a business in like a hyper-competitive market, Yeah. like New York, and in an insanely well, difficult space to be in.
1: Right, I mean, just the fact that we survived like two thousand nine, 2008, 2009, 2010 was like crazy, because literally, most of my stores shut down. And I had to keep changing the way I ran the business. Like I had to just keep changing it.
0: Were you watching your friends just go out of business left and right?
1: Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, completely. Mm -hmm. I mean, plus I was friends with the people that own these stores, you know? So I was watching the stores get shut down and or they stopped selling women's stuff because like there wasn't as many women. That's the other thing is like, you know, Women's streetwear, it's, like, not a huge market, like, men's streetwear. Like, my male counterparts have made so much more fucking money than me. Like, no, nah, I'm not salty about it. Like, I'm the one that decide, wants, I keep doing this, you right. know? So it's not really ever been about the money for me. Like, but people kind of really, like, it was extra hard as a female streetwear brand owner to get through the harder times, times. exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, like, where do you see the brand? Like, what, what? How is the brand doing now, and like, where do you see it going?
1: I've. It's so the last couple of years, I totally changed the structure of the business. Um, one of the years, I was like, I'm not making. I guess I made some clothes, but it wasn't like. Like, there was a point where I was making... Like, there was new stuff coming out every single month, you know. I had, like, a whole office full of employees. But now it's kind of crazy because, like, I'm... I've changed it where it's, like, I have freelance... I don't have an office. I have freelancers, an assistant, um, and I drop ship everything. So I have so much less overhead and, like, you know... You're
0: actually able to make money now.
1: I can actually make money, even though sales... Even though, like, I... Maybe, like, last year the sales weren't as high as a few years before that, but it doesn't even matter because there's still so much more money left over.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's cool. Amen. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, I was so
1: obsessed with, like, how everything looked to everybody before, and now I really just care about, like, how much fucking money I make. (laughs) So, like... And what's the best for me? What am I happiest doing? I'm actually happiest with having free time to myself Mm -hmm. like I'm not happy managing people I'm not happy dealing with a whole fucking a a whole bunch of employees I actually hate it I'm not good at it I shouldn't be doing it
0: but that's amazing to know yeah right and the fact that you've been able to structure your business to sort of fit that
1: it's amazing it took me 15 years to like be able to do it but like I feel like I put in those 15 years of work to be able to live the way I live now with it And honestly, whatever happens to mob tomorrow, next year, like, I don't, it's all good. I have no idea.
0: You're living your best life. I
1: don't even, exactly.
0: You're straight living your best life (laughs) right now? Straight up. (laughs) (laughs) That's so good. That's so good. Um, All right, so you are now, um, what are you doing? Like, what is your day-to-day? What what does it look like? You just...
1: Well, I was filming for four months, so that was... Like I had no life.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so is that like we don't? Is, is that like cameras on you all day, every day, nonstop? Is there like a line drawn?
1: It's more like um, yeah, it was kind of like five days a week, not all day, but like okay, a few hours a day. Sometimes like two different times a day. Sometimes mm-hmm. just once that day. Like, but then it's like it just ends up taking. It's hard. I found I struggled with like being able to do anything else.
0: What, how do you like TV? What do you mean? Do you, do you, is it fun? Do you enjoy it? I <laughs> almost so much on my gun.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, it was fun. It was fun. You know what? I can't do anything if I'm not having fun. If I'm not having fun, I don't want to fucking do it. Not that I was having fun doing Mob every By single By the way, day. I'm just
0: going to, because that's going to be the clip of this episode. If I'm not having fun, I'm not fucking doing it because that's, that is yeah. my philosophy. Exactly. I'll work my ass off and you said a number of things in, in in that monologue that you gave that like the truth is is that I don't do the shit for the money.
1: Right. That's
0: actually real. You know, it sucks if you don't make money.
1: Right.
0: It's awesome if you do make money. Yeah. But if you're doing the shit that you're doing for the money. The only world, the only business. Then I'd business be in finance. For, that's it. I'd be doing that's something it. else. I was just about to say the only the only thing in the world for you is finance. Right. If you if you are if you are living for the green, and I'm not talking about that green. Right. I'm talking about that green.
1: I like that
0: green. <laughs> <laughs> you live for that green.
1: I don't live for it, but I like it.
0: Um. But you know, like. There's a, there, there's a there's a whole world for that.
1: Totally. Where I've, you're going to make money, no doubt.
0: Yeah. Well, if you're good at it. Right. But, you know, I think that, like, everything else, small business, is so hard.
1: It's <clears throat> so hard. It I is don't know. so I hard. I enjoy the... I think I... You know what? Part of me enjoyed that, like, I... You know what? There were, like, days where I was like, oh, my God, how am I going to buy a sandwich and a seltzer today? Like, literally. Like, I just don't even, like, know. I didn't care. Like, there were times... Like, there was a point where, like, I was making so much money when I had, like, funding and everything was all set up, and then, like, I lost the funding, and I went to, like, having this huge, amazing office and, like, huge salary to, like, not having anything. Like, my, I had an office that was, like, the size of a closet. I had no money, and I was still, like, I'm happy. I'm all good. That's
0: great. And what do you think you can, like, draw a direct line to for that being the case?
1: Freedom. Just like freedom. You
0: felt like you were under the thumb with the big office and the exactly. big salaries and the, and, and you're partners. a wild child. You need to be free.
1: I need to be able to spread my wings and fly. So there were listen, it was a great experience having those invest, having those partners mm-hmm. and like having that experience. and um, and it, and I learned so much from it. But I was also like, oh, like, okay, this isn't that bad actually. Like, now, like, I don't even give a shit that I can't, like, go into Chanel and, like, buy a pair of shoes right now. Like, I'll be fine. I'll be able to do that again. Mm -hmm. But, like, I'm cool with, like, just not being able to do it. See,
0: that's the other thing that I think is so, like, money is, if you want money, you can get money. Totally. You know, like, that's, that, I think people, you know, the question that I always get is, Whether it's like fitness, or eating right, or business, or dad life, or, Mm -hmm. you know, the question that I get asked a lot on social media, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: like, often, more than anything else, number of times a day. How do you do that? And my answer is, I'm not, I don't believe I'm special. I don't believe I'm unique. For the premise of this show, I do believe I was born with an ability to just get after shit, mm. whether it's good shit or bad shit. Right. I'm an extreme dude. Like I, I, I don't know where that came from. I don't believe that that was taught to me over time. I believe that I actually was born.
1: I think it's nature and nurture.
0: I think it's a right? combo. I think that, 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 that you certainly hone your craft, but there are, certain, there are definitely people that would much rather work for someone else. Than oh yeah, work for themselves. I've
1: had plenty of employees who are t- have told me, like, I would never want to do what you do. I'm happy working for you. Right, and that's where and I was I, like, that's you're where
0: crazy. I that's the that's where that is where I believe that there is a big difference between the borns and the mates. And I believe that I think that you're living your best life. You own your own business. You figured out a way to get on fucking primetime television. You, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I like. Know.
1: Yeah. But I'm just saying yeah.
0: that, like that right there, you're, you there. There's something different about you, and it's not like you know. Who knows? Maybe it is a genetic thing. I don't know. I, I can't point to it. My father was an entrepreneur, a very unsuccessful entrepreneur. Mm. My grandfather was a military guy, but was a very successful entrepreneur. Um, it like, and I don't. And like, my father didn't influence me in any way outside of like. Not good, <laughs> um, you well, know, and so, and, and so, like, I, I think, you know, I, I do believe that I was born with something, and, um, and so, you know, and I, and, and, and I think that you probably were too, right, because, like, Mary. there's a hustle, there's a hustle, there's a hustle that people have. Um,
1: I, I do believe it is personality, like, innate personalities that we're born with, because we are. We absolutely are. And then it also has to do with things that have happened to us in our life that shape us. And if you have this, whatever, innate personality combined with these things that happen, it can be great or it can be terrible.
0: I believe IQ today
1: is pointless, is useless. I think so too. I don't think
0: it's useless. I think it's really great to be able to learn from somebody who's very smart, right? Like, I actually appreciate that like somebody that you can hire to sit and like crush your numbers and right. like I am so grateful for those people. However, I think EQ, the ability mm. to walk into a room with tattoos on your hand and a bunch of billionaires and be able to raise money. Raise whatever. money and like have them love you. Yeah by the time you walk out that room is a special talent. And I, 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 sort of, I sort of compare it to the fine artist that is able to like pick up a fucking paintbrush and just paint some beautiful shit. The singer who's like just good.
1: Yeah. The exactly. athlete. You're right.
0: That like just runs fucking faster.
1: I know. I was at dinner the other night and this woman was like talking about her daughter who's fourteen and in tenth grade and she was like, My daughter's skipped a class and is young for her grade and is fourteen. And I was thinking like, that's great, get it, your daughter is like highly intelligent. Einstein. Right. Doesn't mean she's going to be a successful person no. or have a or be happy or be able to it, it's just yeah, she's gonna be able to do really well in her SATs. Right. She's gonna get into a really good college, most likely.
0: Right. And be in debt, unless you're rich. What
1: else? Like, I don't know. What else that I don't know what that means. Like, I don't
0: I'm with you. I think I, I also think that given like the current climate in what we consider success, like what is success? What is success?
1: Right. Yeah. For me, exactly, but I, I think I know. What?
0: It has nothing to do with cash. It has to do with, like, are you happy? Yeah. Internally, like, do you do you actually enjoy yourself?
1: I think it has some somewhat to do with cash. <laughs> I mean, look, I,
0: I, I think- For I th- me,
1: it, it does. Like, for me, it does. For me, financial, like, success does include financial stability. And, mm-hmm. and be, only because financial stability and I'm, and maybe pro- most likely, I'm not just offers not security. Just it offers, offers security. It offers security and freedom. It mm-hmm. really does, you know. Um, only because I've felt both of those. Mm-hmm. I have felt like I don't have financial stability, and I do, and so I do feel better when I have it. But I'll even though, be though I'm still, i like... happy when I don't too, you know. But also, it's like relative, relatively speaking, because we live in the fucking most expensive city in the world, or mm-hmm. one of them. You know what I mean? So. It's hard to feel i you know it's sometimes. it's
0: weird like i i've I've been on both sides of the spectrum as well um you know knock on wood like financial security has been a part of my life for some time now uh, and but it's still like there's still there you know well, it's of course
1: st- you can still have it and be unhappy and not feel successful. I don't think
0: uh, no I don't think I don't I'm not talking about the the that that sort of correlation to happiness necessarily for me. I'm talking about, like, if I close my eyes and I think about, like, you know, I would say that there were moments in my life when I was, like, 26 where I was bartending, um, had, like, I don't know, five grand to my name, maybe, maybe. Right. Like, in, you know, under my mattress. Right. And... Um,
1: I thought you were gonna say five girlfriends. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was married. And that too. Oh no, you you were married at twenty
0: six. Got married at twenty six. Wow. Five girlfriends when I was like twenty two. Right. Um, but like I, I, I I remember there were times there were like my life was like I woke up in the morning, I went for like a run, I like leisurely had breakfast, I walked my dog, Mm -hmm. I like had lunch. You know, I went to the gym, I came back, like took a nap, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like got to work at five o'clock. Chilling. Chilled from five o'clock, you know, bar managing or bartending and like hung out with people, made like 500 bucks, four nights a week. And the other days I was off. And so I was making like two grand a week in cash. Were you happy? I was. Absolutely. Yeah. I was fucking happy. I was like I was I was like I was happy.
1: Two and, grand a week in cash isn't bad. No, no not, not terrible not, at all. No, no, it's not.
0: I mean in New York it's like you're not you're not like, no, you it's know, obvi- yes. you're not like lamboing, but no. like you're, you're 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 okay. You're all right two grand a week. In cash. Um but like I just remember there were more like I can go back to that and be like, man, like I actually was like the amount of stress that being a business owner um, of like forget if your business is successful or unsuccessful yeah. right like just being a business owner right offers a whole new slew of responsibilities
1: mm-hmm.
0: that make it very difficult for me and I could be you know and I say like I genuinely am I could be one of the happiest guys you know like I believe that, you know. I, I, there's like, yeah, I wake up in the shit some days. There's no doubt, you know. I I'd say out of three hundred days a year, I'm probably pissed off, sixty of them, mm. you know. But so one day a week, you know, the the yeah, like a that full. That sounds
1: like about right for me too, actually. I yeah, think.
0: like a full day where I'll just be like, fuck, you know. But it's all good, and I'm cool with it.
1: And then the next day, it's. Gone. Good. So it's good.
0: It's yeah. not like I'm digging myself deeper man, right. you know. Um, but I will say that like, you know, that the, the level of stress that comes with business ownership is real.
1: Yeah.
0: It's just real. There's never a day where it's just like oh, I'm going to go get a cup of coffee. Yeah, you don't have to think about it, <laughs> you right? Know what I'm it's saying? like,
1: like a 24/7.
0: Thing. 24/7. And and it's a blessing and it's a curse, right? Like it's beautiful and it's and it's cha- and it's super challenging and difficult.
1: And it's not for everybody
0: it's not it's not so i mean married to the mob now is going in a great direction and you're happy with it
1: totally absolutely
0: and so do you i like have you made any drastic changes over the years like in terms of like the the vision the the i
1: think just the like getting kind of streamlining everything and doing drop shipping and getting rid of my office and that kind of thing which that also was like so amazing because for the first time in my daughter's life like i got Rid of her nanny, <laughs> and was like, "I'm home." Wow. Like now I can, I mean I don't really cook, but like I can order dinner for us, you know. Um, I'm around.
0: And you, I mean, I, I, you know, we don't get to hang out much, but I, I follow you on social, and it just looks like you have such a good relationship with your daughter. I really
1: do. I mean, She's it's the such, best. it's
0: like you guys are like besties. We are. <laughs> like straight She's up. She's
1: amazing. I can't even tell you. Like the other day. She called me when she got out of school, and she's like, I'm hanging out with my friends, cancel my tutor, and I was like, what? I was like, you're bugging, like I'm not canceling your tutor, you can go play, do whatever, and then come home and you have your tutor in an hour. She calls me, she's being relentless. I cancel my tutor, annoying, she's annoying the shit out of me, she won't stop. And I was like, I had one of those days where I woke up in the shit, you know, and I was Mm -hmm. like stressed out, I was not happy, me and my mom were fighting, she was like making me so angry. And I said look here I'm going to keep it 100 with you right now I'm so angry with grandma that I'm shaking I'm PMSing I'm having a bad fucking day and you're making it worse and she's like okay I'm coming home right now and I was like alright and like you know 10 minutes later she opens the door and she just throws her arms around me
0: oh my god it's like making me emotional
1: I, that's not why I told her like I wasn't expecting that I just wanted her to shut up you know what I mean? She, I wanted her she to, loves you. She I wanted cares her to come like home crazy. in an hour and do her tutoring. But she knew that I was stressed out and I was in distress. And she freaking left her friends to come home and hug me. She's amazing. That's so good. She's the best. So
0: you guys have, like, a really special
1: relationship. I tell I, I'm honest. I'm just honest with her. I can't hide who I am. I was very scared when I had a kid. Even when she was, like, when I was getting sober and, you know, when she was younger, I was like... How am I going to – because I'm a little edgy or whatever. Like, I have a podcast where I talk about sex, and I – all these things that, like, you are raised to be like, well, moms don't do that. Moms are perfect. Moms are like this, and moms are like that. And then you become a mom, and you're like, I'm still me. Great. (laughs) What do I do now? Oh, shit. Like, I'm still the same fucking person. She's found my vibrators. She found joints. You know, I have to explain masturbation to her. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had to, like, do all – like – I am who I am. Right. Like, and I I was so terrified that if my daughter figured out who I was.
0: You were terrified? Yes,
1: I was terrified that if I, if she found out who I was, then she's not going to love me and accept me. And my my daughter totally knows who I am.
0: (laughs) So you walked around with that shit for a minute.
1: Oh, definitely. Mm. Yeah, I felt a lot of pressure to be like the hide aspects of myself. Of course, I, yeah, you do, you know, as age appropriate, she's found things out about me or whatever. Like, right, I've been right, honest right, right. with her okay, about things, yep, yep. certain things. But um, even our humor, I mean, we both have dark senses of humor and I can just make really, I mean, it's like borderline, like a little like, whoa. But she's so fucking funny. Oh my God. Like we She just, looks funny. She's hilarious. She, she, she... She's just, she's smart. And the things she says sometimes, I'm just like, Oh my God! This kid's like
0: really like. You know, it's 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 funny when you when you when you were talking about like you know you. I've got two little boys, <clears throat> and I've been married a long time. You know what I mean? I, I we, I, like I feel like. Like the truth is, I don't ever feel like an adult. Yeah. I just totally. I just don't. <laughs> like I feel, I've got two mortgages. I got businesses I got feel like married adult. I got
1: kids and, and like, like an I'll adult. crawl
0: up next to my son. last night I crawled up next to my son and I was he was like he's he's in our room every night now is this
1: the older son or the older younger son, son okay.
0: to rap he's been in our room for so he's got a bed on the floor we do not let him in the bed
1: <clears throat>
0: but like I love like creeping up next to him and like i Last night, I, like, got on the floor, I lied down next to him, and he was sleeping, snoring like an animal, (laughs) and I'm like, this is my son. This is some, like, am I supposed to feel a certain, like, literally, these were the thoughts that were going through my mind. This is my son. This is real. I made him. He is mine. I love him, but am I supposed to feel a certain thing? Because I still feel just like me. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like... You know, he pulls my finger, I fart. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just, like, that's real. Like, and, and that's, like, how they grew up, you know? And, like, I don't know if, if that's normal or not. But, like, my Sounds kids, great. you know what I'm saying? Like, that's, like, I, I really, I do not feel, and I feel, and I also feel like that's also awesome, you know? Because, like, I don't push anything on them Yeah. at all. I'm interested in a whole bunch of shit, but I don't, like, I, I don't think that there is, like, I love that you're just like, yo, I'm me. I'm honest with my daughter. It's just
1: easier, it's just the easier. I took a risk and I was like, I'm just gonna be me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just gonna be me and that's it. And like, let's hope that she's like into it. You know what I mean? And she's into it. She just knows me. She knows me.
0: See, I also feel like I hope, you know, because if if my sons are anything like me, I'm in big-ass trouble.
1: Yeah, but no, they're not going... This is the thing. I've been honest with Kier, and because of that, I think that she's just so much more well-equipped and educated in terms of, like, look, of course she needs to make her own mistakes, and she's going to, and she's going to learn from them, but I have been honest about my mistakes that I've made, you know? Mm-hmm. And I really do think she's learning. Like, I do believe that she has learned from my mistakes. I mean, time will tell, but.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I look, I feel, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm lucky. I feel like I'm lucky in so many ways because. Um,
1: and you know what? If your kids do end up even, like, 50% like you were when you were <laughs> young, let's hope they don't, but <laughs> I'm kidding. But you'll, like, know how to in- intuitively deal with that.
0: Yeah, I hope so. You know, I, I guess the hard part for me is that there is real addiction in my story.
1: Right, like a genetic like kind of well, predisposition to, like... For right? me, it was.
0: It's not like running in my family,
1: actually. Mm, interesting.
0: It's not. Um, however, there is diabetes in my family, and some people say that the gene is kind of the same. It's like a sugar deficiency. I don't know.
1: I mean, that that's weird. I mean, that, that would make sense, of course.
0: Yeah. And so, uh, there is diabetes mm. in the family, but... You know I think there is this like i'm i i, I am grateful that i don't I, I won't drink in front of my kids you know what right. I'm saying like i don't my wife straight up has never seen me have a drink yeah. no one in right. my life that I've met in the last fifteen years has, and I think for my kids like i you know i I'm not like super programme guy, but you know i've i've I, there are people that I love, that I've seen in, you know, in the addiction clause, and there's, and and sometimes I get scared because, like, there's no talking somebody out of that. You know what I'm no, saying? There like, isn't, m- one of my best friends, best friend, he's my best friend, um, who, you know, we've been friends for t- 30, 40, whatever, 25 years, he's, a, he's struggling, and he... Look me dead in the eye, I'm like, I promise you, this is it, I swear to God, I swear to God and he's, he had been lying to me for a year and he, and he went out and got high that night and here's his best friend and I know the game, you can't shake somebody sober or or you you can't, even if you, if you change somebody to a radiator, it doesn't matter. Like, if they don't want to, they can shoot you a chain of radio for a year. Six years. Ten years. When you, like, years, yeah, when the you mini- finally unlock, unlock it, it, like it, like, it's a
1: wrap. Choo, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Totally.
0: And so, like, that's the only thing that scares me about the city, growing up in the city with the kids. Like, I'm not leaving the city. I have zero interest in leaving the no, city. No, but there's,
1: like, bad shit everywhere. I know. Look at the opioid shit. That's, like, in the suburbs and stuff. I so, know, I know. it's everywhere. Yeah. Nothing to do with the city, I don't think.
0: Um... This was so much fun. That was great. That was I knew good. this was
1: going to be therapeutic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I think these conversations. I think this is the stuff that I I got into podcasting because I like to hear stories. You know, I think humans. I think human beings like the story stuff. Connection
1: know? is important. Very important. Especially it's the EQ. Right
0: now. Yeah, and I gotta say, like, I'm sure, and I'm sure you know it, but like, I'm sure you've been an inspiration to so many young women. Um, with your brand and like the fact that you're just out there and you're relentless and you're getting after it and you haven't you you've had a business for 15 years that is focused on the ladies of the world and in a space where the ladies don't get a lot of love. True. And so you've sort of just been like this like you know chick that's just like I'm 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 coming for you. Thank
1: you, Mike. No, that means a lot to me, honestly. Thank you. Well, I, appreciate I, that. I mean,
0: you it's you've you know you've inspired me. Uh, a lot, because I'd be like, "Damn, she's there. She is again,
1: <laughs> straight up."
0: And um, I think it's special, and I'm so happy that you came on. Thank it's you. fun. It's fun things to. It's happening. fun to reminisce too. I know it is. You know I, know, I don't really reminisce.
1: Well, also, like we like saw each other pre-entrepreneurship. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like we've things could have been much different Known both for both of us. Like if there
0: if, was if there was a, there was a <laughs> snapshot. Of us then, um, <laughs> nobody oh would have put this on
1: us. God,
0: <laughs> waking, up, um, <laughs> waking up at that pool. Waking up at that pool. One story. We'll What's give you one thing? story.
1: No, I really don't even remember this, but I do remember that there was like other people. <laughs> who were they?
0: We woke up. But there
1: was like a nice couple. Do you remember these people? I,
0: it, this is what I it remember. Was, like, a
1: young chick. She was cool, but who was she? I have no idea. We were idea. at.
0: We were at. We woke up.
1: I got into like, a fist fight at a nightclub. I know that part. You did? Oh, definitely.
0: All I remember is waking up at a pool at some hotel or potentially just like a luxury high rise <laughs> building that we <laughs> snuck into and waking up on a lounge chair, one side of my body completely burnt to a crisp, a bottle of absolute vodka at my feet.
1: No. And
0: kids running around. <laughs>
1: I don't even, I only remember waking up. I don't remember anything else. I just remember, like, I don't remember much from that trip.
0: There you have it, ladies and, and gentlemen. That's, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's it. That's <laughs> it. That's it. Way to go, homegirl. You've come a long way.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Yeah. So, no thank you. No more absolute. No more absolute. Absolutely. <laughs> um, absolutely no more absolute. <laughs> that was awesome. You fucking rock. Keep getting it. <laughs> thank you. Thanks, Mike. And, um... You can catch her on The Real Housewives of New York.
1: And Improper Etiquette.
0: Improper Etiquette. Are you still writing for Penthouse?
1: Um, I'm still totally involved. I haven't, like, I've been so busy filming, but I'm getting back into it.
0: So we can edit I'll be out.
1: writing. Whatever, no, like, read Penthouse. My okay. articles are up there. Yeah.
0: Dope. That's Leah McSweeney. She's the best. <laughs> I've known her a really long time. <laughs> I am, so, I just feel better now.
1: <laughs> you rock. That's a
0: That's a wrap.